You've all heard the saying, there is no I in team. Well, that's partly correct. But we each bring a unique perspective and experience when working as a team. So it can be viewed as a collective group of eyes that work together to build a team of success. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. With host Dr. Cass Henry. In today's program, we'll uncover the tools of team success in order to achieve winning results. Now, here is Dr. Cass Henry. Hello, and welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. I'm Dr. Cass Henry, and I so look forward to spending the next hour with you. Goldilocks, as you've heard me say, epitomizes balance. And balance is about not being on either extreme, always finding the centeredness and always finding a way to lead from the middle. Because from the middle, one can reach the goals by getting it just right and engaging folks on all aspects of a situation from all sides of that spectrum. We renew our discussion on centeredness, exploring financial success and financial freedom as we continue our theme modeling after Goldilocks. Our goal today is making sure we understand how best we can understand our self-interest and leverage that to drive economic pursuits so that we can attain our financial freedom in order to live a good life, but in a way that we don't approach it in a hot-headed way and we don't approach it in a cool, too relaxed, too chilled manner that we are truly not using all the tools at the right time at the right place, but finding the right mix and the right time to get it done just right. After all, in the modern world we live in, if we don't get things done just right at the right time, we're going to miss the launch opportunity. It is very much like sending a, a spaceship up there to explore other planets and the cosmos, right? When the launch window closes, that opportunity has closed. And so our goal is to understand and learn and skill ourselves so that when the window of opportunity opens, we are ready to launch and take the opportunity to make ourselves successful. Nobody is going to come and nudge us or push us to do that. We have to be empowered enough to find that skills and opportunity and wait for the timing to then transform ourselves and become the butterfly we need to be in order to find our own good life. Today's episode is financial freedom through responsible capitalism. Capitalism, sometimes we forget, came about as a viable alternative to colonialism that destroyed the wealth of nations. Capitalism gets a very bad rap in our society today. I sometimes wonder why, and sometimes I think it's because it is highly misunderstood. Capitalism is all about understanding what is truly the wealth creator. And when Adam Smith gave us the prescription, the blueprint for capitalism, he wrote it under the title of the wealth of nations. And it was truly a prescription for countries to get away from colonial superpowers and find their own center and find their own economic engine to build their national wealth. And the foundation of capitalism is actually three-prong. 
The true wealth creator for capitalism is workers. It's work that takes raw material to convert it to a finished product. If we have land, it means nothing unless we have farmers to till that land, plant the crops, tend to the crops, harvest them, and then take it to the market. So without labor, whether it's natural resources or money capital, whichever capital we look at is of no use. We can't eat money, we can't wear money, we can't live in money, right? So money is a means to an end, but the true wealth creator in any economy is the worker. And worker by definition is labor, and labor is another word that is highly misunderstood in our society. Labor tends to denote labor unions as opposed to the worker. Any of us who get up in the morning and go to work, whether we do physical work or intellectual work, we are all part of that labor force and we are all part of that engine that creates wealth in our society. And that is the foundational pillar of capitalism. For labor to create wealth, labor also needs capital in order to have the investment needed, the seed money needed to get the work started. So when you have labor on one end as the true wealth creator and capital as the primer to get that work started, one starts looking at labor and capital as two sides of the same coin as opposed to one against the other. And Adam Smith felt that anytime we have a situation where those who are doing the work and those who have the money have to balance and find the equilibrium, it was necessary to have a balancing effect, almost a referee. And so that referee was brought about through regulation. Regulation is, again, a highly misunderstood, highly misconstrued thought right? I look at regulation as a braking mechanism, just like I would never buy a car without a braking mechanism. I would never enter into any situation without rules of engagement. And regulations are truly rules of engagement. So sometimes I need to hit the brakes hard because I was driving so fast and I saw a cop coming by, right? But the other times, if I plan my journey right and I have my route mapped and I'm watching my speedometer and I'm doing everything right and I'm being a cautious driver and adjusting to all the other drivers on the road, then I don't have to use the brake as often as I need to. So I would really like the audience and the listeners to start thinking about regulation as a brake mechanism. There's a time for it. There's a need for it. There's a place for it. Overuse of it is not going to help us move forward. Taking it away is going to send us to the morgue, not even the hospital, right? So as long as we understand these three components of labor, capital, and regulation, they're really not there to get in each other's face, but they are there to create the balance just right for a society to find what its centeredness is in order to propel itself forward as it takes its journey to build its own wealth. And the same concept can be taken and applied to individual wealth creation. And there is also a misnomer that capital means only money. Remember on our first show, we talked about triple bottom line. Successful businesses understand that it is profits, people, and planet, right? So if the planet is conducive to host 
healthy, intellectually sound human life, then we can draw human capital and social capital that's going to help us build businesses that have viable employees and viable consumer marketplace that then drives the financial engine of profits and financial economics. So we need to look at capital as natural capital from the planet perspective the social and human capital from the people perspective, and the manufactured capital and financial capital from a profit perspective. And if we start layering the concepts together, a much more balanced picture starts emerging. And we can actually stop and think, oh my God, capitalism is really not a bad thing. It is a blueprint, a tool, a prescription to help us get to a place. And I say this not only because this is what it says in the book, so this is what factually, research-wise, and all the history indicates. I can also speak from a personal perspective uh, to this. I came into the United States in 1995 with two and a half grand in my pocket to go to grad school to get my MBA. I knew that I had skills that I could employ, but I knew my two and a half grand is not going to get me through a regular semester. So I had to find a university that had a accredited MBA program, knowing that tuition is only one third and cost of living is two thirds. I had to find a city with a good university that gave me the most mileage for my money for cost of living. And I chose Terre Haute, Indiana. Terre Haute, Indiana, had the lowest cost of living of all the accredited MBA schools. And my money was going to go farther, but it was not going to go for a full semester. So I also came in as an international student for the summer semester because the summer session is a short session, not as many classes, therefore not as much tuition. And I gave myself three months to figure out if I can make this work. Or my employer back home said, you know what, you take your three months accumulated leave. If this doesn't work, come back, we'll keep your job for you. So I had an employer who valued my human capital, who believed that it's the right thing to do to let me go and pursue my desires and also give me the opportunity to come back when I wanted to. So here I come here using the little bit of financial capital I had But then I got a summer job with the university for the Dean of Continuing Education, and all I had to do was shred and file. During this process, I started reading everything. I didn't think about it as it is beneath me because I'd already been an officer at a bank. I had run banking operations. I'd done international trade financing and treasury. Oh, my God, why would I even think of shredding and filing? I looked upon it as a challenge, and I figured out, Everything was being done for the budgets and the board reviews for financial purposes manually. So I built a prototype using my technology and my financial skills, trained the secretaries who were doing the work manually, and then went to the dean and made a proposition. I will build this and train your people in a self-sustainable way so that the business of the university and the summer sessions and the off-campus programs runs like a well-oiled machine. In return, you pay my tuition and give me a living allowance. So I tell this story because one doesn't need to have the money to start making money, but I used my skills to get more skills 
so that I can finish school and go off and find an employer who will sponsor me for my green card, get my citizenship for me, and put me on my path to becoming financial, financially free. And so I was able to execute my plan, went on to work for AT&T, who got my green card, who got my citizenship, which took me 12 years. But in that process, I was able to build my wealth. But my wealth came starting with my human capital and my human relationships and my social capital. So as we go on to the break, I want everybody to start thinking about what do I know and who do I know and how am I going to use that as a building block to get to where do I want to as I pursue my financial freedom because not all of us have the luxury of being born into wealth. But only in America, you can start with nothing and end up with everything you want. I want us to take a moment and start thinking about it. And when we come back from break, I would love to introduce my wonderful guest who is going to help us uh, introduce some tools and some techniques in addition to my insights and my experience so that we can get you started on your path to financial freedom. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. 
Um, we were just talking as we were, were going off the break to start thinking about how we can use our human capital and our social capital to start building our nest egg, building our wealth so that we can start building towards our financial freedom so that we can all have the good life we dream of having. And to help me engage in this conversation, I have a very good friend and a very respected financial advisor, Jonathan Gripe from Edward Jones. I have known John for a long time and I admire his ability to help people pursue their economic well-being. I do not want to steal John's thunder, so I will bring him on and have him tell you more about him and what he does. John, welcome to the show. Thank you, Cass. Thank you very much. Why don't you take a moment and bring our audience up to speed on how you got started, why you do what you do, and what makes it a joyful experience for you? Because I know you love doing this. Oh, I absolutely love it. Um, I'm very fortunate to work for an amazing firm, Edward Jones's. Uh, been a real gift to my life. Um, but the Reader's Digest version of how I got here was, and I've been here a little over 10 years, 11, going on 12, I guess. But um, I uh, was working in the human resources business, uh, selling group benefit plans to different companies. And uh, as many people have experienced, I went through a layoff. Actually, I've had it happen three times in my career before I came to Jones. So um, I was kind of used to it happening and said whatever so I started looking for what I was going to do next and wasn't really sure as a lot of people aren't I was approaching 50 at the time uh, and I decided that uh, I didn't necessarily want to go back and do what I had done before but I did want to do something that could could make my life even more meaningful than it had been well it just so happened that uh, the woman I was dating who is now my wife of, of 10 years Pam uh, her uncle uh, had been a financial advisor, was very knowledgeable, and called me up one day and said, uh, what would you think of becoming a financial advisor? And I went, absolutely not. And he said, well, why do you say that? And I said, look, I, I don't read the Wall Street Journal cover to cover every day. I don't watch CNBC 24-7. I don't, you know, do things that you think, I that I thought one needed to do to be a financial advisor. And I went on and on and on for a while. And he said, okay, okay, let me ask you three questions. He said, uh, do you want to do something where you make a difference every day? Um, and I said, well, yes. And he says, well, do you want to do something where you really impact people's lives? And I said, yes. And he said, do you like to sell? And I said, well, if what I sell does A and B, yes. And he said, that's Edward Jones. And actually, he was way understating what what the position has become for me and for most of us at, at the firm. Um, and it's just a gift for me to go in. I a lot of people don't like Mondays. Uh, mm-hmm. I love Mondays and Sunday nights because I'm getting ready to go in on Monday. Okay. Uh, and that's because I get to do exactly what he had described, uh, make significant difference in people's lives, uh, to be able to alter um people's financial futures, uh, to work with them, to help them do the things they want to do. And it's, it isn't rocket scientists, uh, otherwise I wouldn't be doing it. Um, but I'm able to use the resources that the firm gives me and um, cooperative people to help them and, you know, figure out what their goals are and then achieve them. Beautiful. Because I have, 
I totally hear you because those of us who've been in the workplace long enough, we've all gone through the ebbs and flows of downsizing. Mm-hmm. And so we've all come out of this experience knowing that we need to make our money stretch. We need to build our next nest egg. We need for us and our spouses, our significant others, mm-hmm. to have a comfortable golden years, so to speak, whatever is left of it after we've done working. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because we tend to work longer these days. So as we start thinking about how can we help our listeners think about where to start. I always tell people it's not about having a big amount to start. Whatever you make, pay yourself first and think of investments and planning for retirement. And your golden years is paying for yourself. So why don't you share some insights of how you encourage people to get started on this journey? Because people either think it's I'm too young and it's too early or I'm too old and it's too late now. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're absolutely right. Um, I happened to meet in the last day or so with clients at both ends of that spectrum. Um, A client today, actually, that is retiring within a few months and a client yesterday that they're in their middle 20s, um, which is the kind of client a lot of people won't work with because they don't have buckets of money. But uh, maybe it's a fault of mine, but I enjoy the fault in being able to help people. And so how much you have in your portfolio was has never been an issue for me. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, I have an amazing staff that agrees that it's part of our mission and ministry, if you will, to be able to help people of all shapes, sizes, colors, creeds, ages, whatnot. So what I've realized is that, again, it isn't rocket science, but it's hard to save money. Um, I do this for a living and it is not easy for me to save mm-hmm. money. Um, So one of the things I like helping people do is figure out how much money they need to save, depending upon what the goal is. The goal could be buying a new house. The goal could be retirement. The goal could be Mm -hmm. uh, putting a kid through college, um, surviving a divorce, uh, surviving a layoff, those kinds of things. You know, life happens. We we all expect that. Uh, I I shouldn't say we all expect that because sometimes we just don't want to think about it. So my toughest job, I think, is helping people think about the things that they know they should address, but don't want to. Um, and it's showing them, we, we have, I jokingly refer to it as the smile guarantee in our office. And that's not a word we can use uh, in our business very often, if at all. But I'll say, you know, my guess is when you come into my office that you're thinking, things are a lot worse off than they are. Because our minds have a tendency to do that, that we'll sit there and say, oh my gosh, I you know, haven't done this, or I haven't done enough of that, or I haven't saved enough money, or I haven't invested right. And your mind just kind of rolls on itself that way. Well, in actuality, I have yet to see, in all the years I've been doing this, a situation that couldn't be fixed. Uh, and that's right up to people who are within a year or two of retiring because there's a lot of variables. There's a savings variable, there's a spending variable, there's housing variables, there's all sorts of things. And once you realize that people can uh, help people realize that they can put together a plan and it doesn't have to be complicated, it doesn't take a lot of spreadsheets. I hate spreadsheets. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, putting some pictures, literal pictures together for people Mm -hmm. to see. We have some amazing tools. Again, I just love Jones for the tools we have to show people 
what different things can look like and how taking very specific actions on a daily basis make a mm-hmm. huge difference. I'll tell you a quick story. Um, yesterday, I was meeting with this very young couple. And um, right now, they just came in yesterday to set up two retirement accounts, two Roth IRAs. And so we were talking about what kinds of accounts they should do and should it be Roth or whatever. But they were like, well, you know, how are we going to be? What is this enough? And I said, well, how much do you think you could save each month? And they gave me a number. And then I said, well, um, let's plug it into the system and see what that does. And actually, they wanted to retire at 60. So that's the number I plugged into the system. And it worked so well that at life expectancy, which was for them was, we'll pick a number, 95, mm-hmm. age of 95, they had $4 million left to pass on to kids yeah. they don't even have yet. yet. Mm-hmm. And they both sat back in their chairs and looked at me and they went, this is amazing. You know, this is incredible. I said, no, it's not. Um, it's just taking basic actions on a step-by-step basis and being consistent. Life's going to happen. You may lose a job. You may get a bonus. You, you know, stuff like that's going to happen. And we adjust the plan accordingly. Mm-hmm. But what you're doing is the simple activities that are needed to make things work. Mm-hmm. And that's a good point you make, actually two different points, right? One, you don't have to have a lot to start, Mm -hmm. but you need to pick the right strategic partner to help you on your journey. You know what I think about this, right? When I needed to find somebody for my accounting, for my legal work, and my financial work, I look at it as who is going to take care of my loved ones if I'm not here? And are they going to take care of them as if they were an extension of the family? And if I don't have that level of comfort and trust, then I don't do business with them. Mm-hmm. And so how do, and it's not easy to find that kind of a relationship-based partner to help build this because we don't live in a world where everybody is willing to put the other person and their family as if it's our own. So what advice do you have for our audience in terms of finding that that Jonathan Gripe out there? Because there are those out there. <laughs> oh, there, there, I'm, unfortunately, I think there's not a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I all always tell, not always, I, I try to tell new clients that one of my main focus is that I am more concerned about you than your money. Mm-hmm. And some people will look at me with this strange, like, wait a minute. No, you're a financial advisor. You should be more concerned about our, our money than us. I said, think about that for a minute, that if your money is more important to me than you are, you know, how much do you mean to me when you don't have as much money as the next guy mm-hmm. or person or family? And I said to people very often, you know, you are where you are. We're going to make it better. As long as you're willing to do your job, I'll do mine. And your job is is twofold. You need to make as much money as you can and not spend it all. Yes. And then my job is to help uh, grow it and protect it. Mm-hmm. And those aren't complicated things, and that could be done really well. So to answer your question about how do I find somebody – I, I often tell people that their gut is a really good indicator mm-hmm. of, you know, how trustworthy somebody is. I was talking with a client yesterday. She's out in, in Washington and she wanted to pull some money to uh, be able to buy some land, build a house near her kids. And she's later on in life. And uh, I said, you know, this is a great idea. I'm really excited about this. 
And she said, well, I don't know, you know, how do I find a builder? And I said, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do some research with builders I know. We'll get some ideas. But I said, at the end of the day, when you sit down with a builder over a cup of coffee, don't go over plans. Don't go over, you know, strategies and things like that. My first appointment, and I think good first appointments of people like you or mm-hmm. or me, if, if I'm doing what I should, is to give people a sense of how I listen better than I talk. Uh, that's hard on radio because of all I did was listen, and yeah. this would be a really boring show. But um, the idea is to tell people, you know, we're all gifted with two ears and one mouth. So I try to uh, help people understand uh, what's important to them because sometimes people think they know, but they need to help help work that out. So if you sit down with somebody and talk, um, referrals from friends or family is is good. But sometimes you know, they're giving you the referral for a way different reason than you might need someone. So let's say Joe Smith has a lot of money and he likes Bob, his financial advisor, uh, because uh, he makes him a lot of money. Well, maybe that's not what you want. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not looking at making a lot of money. You're looking at being able to have somebody who's going to help you through some situations. So let's build on that as we come back from break. Excellent. Hold that thought, John. Thank you. It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's KASHenry.com for more information. You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks How to Get It Just Right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to drcasshenry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello, welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. You are joining Dr. Cass Henry and my guest, uh, Jonathan Gripe. Welcome back to the show. Uh, John, John, as we continue our conversation, one of the things that strikes me is our audience are global. Believe it or not, we have audience mm-hmm. listeners from all over the world, 
over a dozen countries. And I want this conversation to be as expansive as possible so that we are inclusive Mm -hmm. in this dialogue. And when we look at the economic pyramid of our global society, America is at the top of the pyramid. Mm -hmm. The top of the pyramid only has 75 to 100 million people, and all of these people make 20,000 US dollars or more. Bottom of the pyramid, tier four and five together has four billion people, all of whom who make 1,500 US dollars or less in a year. Wow. And in spite of that disparity, I come from a part of the society that is at the bottom of that pyramid. Mm -hmm. And yet people are able to save and put kids through college and send children abroad and take foreign trips and live a kind of a life that is happy and peaceful and do the things they want to do in a lifetime while in some societies like we are seeing in the United States it seems to be a struggle and sometimes people get into conflict because everybody is so focused on going after their goal of winning and there is this notion that winning is everything and everybody get out of my way and so we lose that camaraderie that shared social capital and that collaborative investment we get as a collective society how can i know you when you work with people you don't look at the money you look at the person Mm -hmm. so somewhere in there is our ability to go beyond the money and look at the people how do you see us collectively as a Western society taking a page from those developing societies and uh, doing what they do for ourselves at the same time, taking some of what works for us that could be good for them without destroying what works for them, cross-pollinate. Okay, that's an excellent question. Um, I think we don't have to look that far uh, from our own lives to see examples of using our resources better Mm-hmm. Maybe um, just go back a generation to your yes. parents or grandparents. I mean, my parents, uh, my dad was born in 1918, mm-hmm. uh, mom in 1922. Actually, tomorrow's her 95th birthday. Wow. So happy, happy birthday, birthday, mom. <laughs> I don't think she knows about the Internet, but no, seriously, <laughs> um, she um, she and he uh, lived through the Depression. Mm-hmm. And he would often tell me that, you know, I lived through the Depression, so I track every penny I spend. I'm I'm very careful in what I buy. I only buy quality if I'm going to buy something. I don't buy things I don't need. Uh, I definitely don't use credit. Um, so, you know, it would be hard for anyone in America to be able to say, all right, I'm just going to stop buying stuff. I'm going to start growing my own food and, and you know, I'm going to get a cow and get, you know, yes. that kind of stuff. Um, anything's possible. But I think what we have to look at is um, where is my money going? Because mm-hmm. they often say you get somebody's checkbook, open it up, and you can tell what's important to them. Mm-hmm. So, um Hopefully, people open mine and they see, you know, charitable giving and doing things like that because that's very important to me. But um, and I buy things I shouldn't buy. You know, I'm, I'm nowhere near what I, I should be. But I think one of the first things for Americans who have gotten to this level of I'll call it excess mm-hmm. um, is that we want things. We want them now mm-hmm. and we want the best, the latest, the fastest, the coolest. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to get away from. Um, so 
a lot of people have no clue where their money's going. So I think a first way for Americans to get perspective is to get some kind of a budget. Now, that is a four-letter word, even though it's got more than four letters in it. Uh, because people, whenever I say that across my desk, people roll their eyes, you know, their heads slump down and it's like major, major terror. And I said, no, it's not a horrible thing. You can put one on a piece of paper. Um, but if you don't know where your money's going, you can't control it. I mean, think about that like your kids, right? If you don't know where your kids are going, you can't control them either. Not Mm -hmm. that you can anyway, but, um, we always ask when our kids are going out, where are you going? What are you going to do? Who are you going to be with? When are you going to be home? Why couldn't you ask the same thing of your money? You know, mm-hmm. why am I spending this money? Um, what's it going to accomplish? Are there more important things that I should be doing? Should it be, do I have enough saved in case I lose my job, in mm-hmm. case I get sick, in case life happens, mm-hmm. which it does. So I think perspective is a really good thing. Um, my, my folks had me when I was a high school and college student. Each summer, they asked me to try and find a job that would teach me more about life than a particular craft. Mm-hmm. So I ended up digging dishes, ditches. I worked in a hospital laundry. I painted houses. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point in the hospital laundry, that was interesting because I was a sophomore in college. I think the next highest educated person in that laundry had a fifth grade education. And I realized a couple things. First of all, I'm not better than anybody else. Um, I'm not better because I have more education. I'm not better because of my race or anything like that. And more importantly, um, I can learn a lot from people who have lived life and had to ask questions that I never did. Like, where's the money for my next meal going to come from? And how am I going to make my mortgage payment this month? And, uh, you know, when you're willing to listen, whether it's to a financial advisor or a neighbor or someone that you're serving through some charitable project or something, you can learn a lot about how the other quote-unquote half lives, and you can learn a lot and apply some lessons. Yes, and that's a very important point. When I got a job and moved to Chicago, as I had said, I just finished my um, Mm -hmm. graduate MBA program, and I had a $9 mattress I had bought from a Chinese student and two $5 plastic chairs I got from Dollar General. That was the sum total of my possessions. Wow. And... Then a few months later, got married to my best friend from college, so he moved over to Chicago. And me being in finance, I was all about having a plan, because if I don't have a plan, it's my plan to fail, right? Mm -hmm. So we were very careful. Every Saturday, we put a menu together of what we were going to cook. So that way, we got to cook for each other. It was a bonding experience. It's what we love to do together. But then we also bought ingredients based on the menu so we didn't overbuy when we were at the grocery store and every weekend he would go to the campsite and pitch a tent and after work I will meet him at the campsite and the entire summer we vacationed but we camped Hmm. so one can do the things they love to do and be outdoors and be in nature and yet do it in a way that it fits the purse Mm -hmm. and it's funny I I have heard people like Warren Buffett, he still uses McDonald's coupon Mm -hmm. to have breakfast. I was just reading online that the first time he took Bill Gates out to breakfast, he used a coupon to buy McDonald's (laughs) breakfast for Bill Gates. And that's Warren Buffett, right? Mm -hmm. And he still lives in his home in 
Nebraska, in Omaha. Yeah. So you don't need to have the flash and dash if you truly want to build the wealth and leave something behind for the mm-hmm. causes and the people you love. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So how do we take that concept and make people truly understand that when most people are about where do I get my next rush? Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's got to come from within, obviously, mm-hmm. and that sounds trite, but I think the point is that you know, whether it's starting an exercise regimen or going on a diet or stopping smoking or beginning to save money and invest it or something like that, you've got to want to do it mm-hmm. in the first place. And then the second thing about it is saying, okay, maybe I don't know everything in the world. And I'll often tell people when they sit down with me the first time, uh, a lot of, especially guys, will say, I don't need you, I can do this all myself, and I have managed my own portfolio for 100 years, and blah, blah, blah. I said, look, I, I never said that I do this because I'm smarter than anybody, but I can be something for your money that you never can, and that's unemotional. Yes. No one can ever be And you're like the coach them. and the exercise buddy, right? Exactly. Yeah. I, I often refer to myself as a fiscal fitness trainer. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not hard, but if you're willing to begin an exercise regimen, mm-hmm. it's not hard. It's actually a lot easier than working out. Um, lots of changes can be made. Improvement can be made, especially for maybe when we come back, we can talk a little bit about um, people that go through life events like divorce yes. and things and how significant mm-hmm. um, this knowledge can be. Yes, and as we go for break, I want us to start thinking about the one point I want to touch because we will have very little time when we come back from break is I know you spend a lot of time and energy and effort helping women coming out of a divorce. Yep. And when women are fiscally savvy, they don't end up in marriages that end up in divorces. Mm -hmm. Men are a little more careful with women who understand money than with women who don't understand money. Good point. And I've always had young and old women approach me and say, how can you, a young foreign woman, be this, you know, uh, confident about talking about money and handling money and go toe-to-toe with men? If I had been like that, my husband wouldn't have divorced me or I wouldn't have been the one investing in his education and raising his kids and then he dumped me for his trophy wife, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that is part of what we see in our Western society going on. And in the Eastern society, when you give money to the mother, the family does well. Mm. In developing societies, when you give money to the father, he goes and drinks it with his buddies, Mm. Right. So all social programs are about empowering economically and educationally women, because when you lift up a woman, you lift up a family. Mm -hmm. And for every family you lift up, you're lifting up society geometrically. Absolutely. And you do tremendous amount of work helping women. Mm -hmm. And I want us to spend just a minute or two talking about how women can go about making themselves better empowered as well as seek the help of people like you so that if they are in a situation, how they come out of it, and if they are not in that situation, how do we guard against them actually being put in that situation? Okay. So uh, as we come back from break, let's pick up that conversation. Excellent. your world. 
world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drcasshenry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Thank you very much, and welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. John, we were just talking about how women can be helped mm-hmm. before they get into situations as uh, as their economic well-being is challenged, as well as when they come out of divorces, how do they start rebuilding when they've given up careers mm-hmm. and stayed home to raise a family? Yeah. Um, well, I love the question uh, because I love helping people through different kinds of scenarios Mm -hmm. and and challenges, but especially um, women coming out of divorces or losing a husband, you know, passing away, things like Mm -hmm. that. Um, I think what a lot of women forget and, you know, in in the United States, we're a society where men very often kind of, quote unquote, run the financial show. That's not a sexist or, you know, a thing. I don't think it just is the way it Mm -hmm. is sometimes. It's not always that case. It doesn't really matter. Because one spouse is usually going to run mm-hmm. uh, the financial matters, make most of the decisions. So what I always strive to do is to work with the, typically it, it will be the woman, but whoever the other spouse is, the quote unquote uninvolved spouse, and say, look, even though you may not have an interest in this, any, any even though you may be totally confident in so-and-so's ability to run the ship, um, you really need to understand some basics because especially if it's the woman, um, you're going to be running the show statistically at some point. Um, Men don't live as long as women. And so whether you want to or not, you're going to be in charge of things. And if you have no clue and you have no help that you trust, going back to the Mm -hmm. gut feeling we were talking about, you're going to be in trouble. Because then you're going to have to pick somebody fast or get um, advice from your uncle, Bob, who Mm -hmm. probably isn't going to know anything (laughs) and not give you the great advice at all. So 
what I try to do is to get women to be involved, to be engaged, to get everybody in the financial picture engaged. Um, but it's not just, um, you know, what are we doing, but why? And one of the reasons that I enjoy working women, with women so much is because you all are so much more likely to not have ego standing in the way and say, well, I'm doing this because I know what's best. Um, very often women will think about things. They'll process them emotionally, which is not a bad thing to do. Um, I said earlier that, that using your emotions to make decisions is probably not a good idea, which is one of the reasons I exist, to help people make non-emotional decisions. But processing things emotionally is, is very important. How is this going to impact me? How is it going to impact my husband, my children, my you know, whatever the, mm -hmm. the situation may be. And so what I think a lot of people uh, don't think about is, you know, well, what could go wrong? One of the things that impacts about 70% of the uh, couples in the United States is long-term care. And a lot of people aren't prepared for it. They think uh, it's going to be covered through Medicare or something, or it's never going to happen. Or, uh, again, it's not one of those things that people want to talk about. But the whole idea is to be prepared for things like that. So we have a strategy report that helps people anticipate things like that. But I realize that, that women are very, very good at knowing what's important. Um, they're not concerned about, you know, who's going to win in a particular situation. It's what's right and what's best. Um, I do work with a number of women that are going through the divorce process and, and I try to use my network of female clients, mm -hmm. uh, whether married or single to say, look, if you know of a friend who's going through a divorce or something like that, have them come talk to me first. First mm -hmm. of all, we don't charge for our time. So, you know, lawyers usually do. And the second <laughs> thing that lawyers aren't necessarily really good about, even really good lawyers is processing the financial part of yes. the divorce mm -hmm. um, to be correct, to be right. And most of the, the female clients I work with that have been through divorces, they're not interested in destroying somebody financially. If they are, they are. That That's not important to me as much as making sure that the right assets end up mm -hmm. helping the woman after the divorce because chances are they didn't make as much as the man. So getting up to speed real fast uh, understanding what things are important, what bumps are, could come in the road. And again, that when you go through that process, it's actually stress reducing. Yes. So the point I'm hearing is everybody involved in the family so that the financial decisions are nurturing to the family and then have a financial fitness coach who is going to be that impartial barometer when people go outside of the agreed upon norms, mm -hmm. kind of like the coach saying, hey, we agreed you're not going to do this because somebody has to do that. Yep. And most of the time we are not going to be the ones to do it ourselves because we tend to get carried away, right? Procrastination is yes. a wonderful tool. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. And get both spouses or both significant others involved in the process mm -hmm. so that the journey is taken as a shared journey. And then the success then becomes a shared success regardless of what happens. And people start seeing the benefit of it geometrically because nobody's taking the journey alone mm -hmm. and they're not making decisions in a vacuum. And then fear and anger and all the negative emotions are not driving the decision because they have the trust and that support. Yes. One of my favorite meetings is 
um, two spouses or significant others and children. And when they're old enough, and I've had eight-year-olds come in with their parents and we'll set up college accounts or we'll set up savings accounts for them, you know, something where they maybe can start a little investment. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot that can be learned there. Oh, yes, when they're young, especially. Oh, absolutely. It's like, you know, okay, you have a paper route, if kids even have those anymore, and you can save most of that money. You can invest some of that money. There's lots of great opportunities to to have educational moments through the natural events of life. You bring up such wonderful topics, and I know our time is limited today, but I definitely would love to have you back on another show and maybe even dedicated to how can we teach young people learn the value of saving? Because they say the rich father teaches their children on how to do what they love, and the poor father teaches their kids how to make money. Mm -hmm. And so in the pursuit of making money, people lose the opportunity to have a good life and be happy. Yep. So uh, as we start thinking about how do we connect the audience, my audience and listeners to you, John, what is the best way for them to get more information about you, Edward Jones, and understand more of the good stuff you have to offer? Okay. Well, um, they can go to edwardjones.com and um, look for Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, gripe, G-R-I-P-E. Yes, it's weird, but so am I. And... um, (laughs) Or call my office. I'm in St. Charles, Illinois, which is mm-hmm. west of Chicago. But I have clients all over the country. Beautiful. But um, be glad to try and link people up with somebody. Sometimes having somebody close by is important. But my office number is 630-584-7109. 630-584-7109. Or my email is jonathan.gripe, G-R-I-P-E, at edwardjones.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And my goodness, we are almost out of time. Thank you so much for spending this hour with me and my audience so that we can get the conversation started about how to reach our own pursuit of financial freedom. Absolutely. I hope it helped. Thank you so much. And I hope our listeners share this information with their friends, family, and their extended circle and continue this conversation long past this one hour. I encourage all of you to download by subscribing to the show on Voice America Empowerment Channel. And I do encourage you to come back next week. We are going to be talking about how do we build to last and how do we build succession planning for our families, for our organizations, and our society. Because if we don't build to last, then our dreams and our aspirations for our families and our loved ones and our societies are not going to be lasting. I am so very happy and humbled that my audience have joined me again for a whole hour. Uh, Thank you for spending your time with Unleash Arena Goldilocks, how to get it just right. And remember, as you go about doing your day-to-day activities during the week, and as you start integrating your own plan for your financial freedom, every human interaction is an opportunity for our transformation. So let's go out there and start transforming lives. And please don't forget to start with your own. Thank you for tuning in to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, how to get it just right. Please join Dr. Cass Henry again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another edition of the program. We'll see you then.